Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Mia's Mentorship Podcast. I'm very glad that you tune in for this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that is a little sensitive to about to a lot of people. Um, so, I am going to just say right now that I'm not making this episode because I want to make anyone, like, I don't want to I'm not trying to, like, call people out or make them feel shameful or uncomfortable or anything like that. I really am just making this episode to address obesity because it is a huge issue in America especially, and I, I believe Europe as well. And so I just want to address it, the reality of it, because a lot of people, they are afraid to just straight up talk about it. It's always sugar-coated. And so I just wanted to talk about it to give you all the information, do as you wish with it. So yeah, let's get started. I'm sure that you are all familiar with obesity, but I do just want to share a, a definition of, and this is, this doesn't go for only obesity, it goes for like being overweight. So in simplest terms, when someone is overweight, that just means that they are um, consuming more energy than they're expending. So it means that because we like, you know, burn calories, uh, just like throughout the day, doing absolutely nothing, your body burns calories, right? And then obviously we eat food and so you're eating energy. So calories is just the measurement of like the energy. The calories is is energy. So you're burning like so much energy, right? And that's like the number of calories or whatever, if that makes sense. And then you eat energy, which is calories. So to keep like a steady weight, you want to eat about the amount that your body is expending. So that would be like what it just expends when you do nothing, like if you were to lay in bed and do nothing. Plus, like if you do any other activities, like if you exercise, even walking, eating, like doing things like that expend energy too. Um, And so, yeah, you want to add like your active calories versus your resting calories. That's about how much energy you expend. So if you want to keep a steady weight, then you want to maintain that. If you want to gain weight, then you eat more. If you want to lose weight, you eat less. Um, now, you don't want to go, like, too much more too much less, but that's a topic for another day. Um, so anyways, that is what being overweight is. Like, in its simplest terms, that's what it is. You're just consuming more calories than you're expending, okay? So... I want to talk about how obesity is typically measured. So, it's typically measured by your body mass index. Now, this is done by dividing someone's weight in kilograms by their height in meters squared. And so, um, if that doesn't really make sense, if your BMI is between like 25 and 29.9, then that's considered just overweight. If it's over, if it's thirty or higher, then that's considered obese. So that's typically how like doctors and uh, personal trainers and you know health professionals measure um, your body mass index. Now I do want to keep in mind that 
this isn't always the most accurate thing because like for example someone who uh lifts a lot of weights and they have a lot of muscle mass you know they would technically be considered obese right but it's not unhealthy if that makes sense so like for example I have a friend and he like lifts really heavy weights like giant muscles and he he's in great shape but he's considered obese because of his BMI obviously no one would look at him and say oh he's obese it's just it's like you know it doesn't always work for everyone um so another way to measure it I think this one would be more accurate uh sort of, I guess, depends on the person, is by measuring waist circumference. So for men, if their waist circumference is 40 or more, that's considered obese. For women, 35 or more is considered obese. But some people, when they gain weight, it goes to their legs or their arms or, you know, it doesn't always go to their um, stomach. So that's why that, that's not, not always an accurate uh, scan, like an accurate way to measure either. And then a third way that people typically measure is by using, um, like, the skin fold thickness test, which you can buy those things on Amazon or something and do that, um, or machines that can scan your body, you know, do a whole scan, and then uh, that's that's the most accurate way is by doing the scan. Like, at my gym, I go to Freedom Fitness. I don't know if that's nationwide or just kind of, like, local. I don't know. I go to Freedom Fitness, and they have a Fit 3D scan, and that scans your weight, your uh, lean muscle mass, your um, fat mass, and a bunch of other things, too, like your measurements and how you are compared to other people and, like, uh, where you should be and, and all that all that fun stuff. So, even, like, your balance and whatnot, so... That's really cool. I don't. I know everyone doesn't have access to something like that, um, but I mean, I personally think that is the most accurate. Um, so I already kind of mentioned the drawbacks to these, you know, metrics that are used to measure obesity, like fat distribution, muscle, and and whatnot. Um, so I want to talk next about the causes of obesity, and I first want to address how genetics and hormones might play a role in obesity. So, some people, they are more likely to have extra body fat just due to their genes, to other issues like hormones or health problems, and this can add to weight gain. Um, but, on that note, it's, don't, like, if you are one of those people, don't take that as a discouragement as to try not to lose weight. Like, don't have the mindset where, oh, I'm more prone to this, like, might as well not even try. I would say to do the opposite because genes and, and hormones, that's only one piece of the puzzle. Things like food choices and exercise, these are also like, those are huge factors in just your overall health and avoiding like heart disease and other chronic diseases. And so, yeah, that'd be my encouragement for you is it, it is going to be harder and, you know, you're going to have to work harder than someone else, than others around you but you can still do it. Okay. Um, this is going to be probably like the broadest topic I discuss is the role of one's environment and what, how that plays in just weight gain, um, and obesity, um, or, you know, the opposite. So 
First off, I want to talk about unhealthy food options. Access to, like, junk food and uh, fast food, it's just so easy to opt for those options, you know what I mean? It takes a lot of, I wouldn't say, well, yeah, I guess I would say self-control. It takes more self-control to not have those things than if they weren't there. So let's say there weren't there like let's say you live somewhere where there's no fast food restaurants, they don't have sugar, like they don't have any desserts or chips. Obviously like let's just say you lived on a farm your whole life pretty much and you just ate like the cows and the chicken and the pork and you ate fruits and veggies that your family grows. Like, if it's not an option for you to have those other things, it's going to be a lot easier. And so the fact that unhealthy food is so accessible, in America especially, in Europe, um, that is why the, the rates of being overweight and obesity is so high. It's because it's so accessible in these, um, like in our country. So, yeah, it's just, like, honestly, half, if you go to the grocery store, half of the food options, or probably more than half, they're all unhealthy options. They're full of, um, high, they're high in calories, sugar, unhealthy fats, bad oils, etc. I also want to talk about, um, and this is kind of on that topic, but sugar and high fructose corn syrup. So, actually, I'm going to chart, so I wanted to share with y'all how high fructose corn syrup in specific, and that's not the only thing, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but how the obesity rates have really jumped since high fructose corn syrup came to, like, be a thing. So, in 1970 is when high fructose corn syrup became widely used. Now, here is the year versus the obesity rate uh, from, you know, when high fructose corn syrup was made. So, 1970, when high fructose corn syrup first became widely used, the obesity rate was 15%. By 1980, it was still 15%. By 1990, it was 23.3%. By 2000, it was 30.9%. By 2010, it was 35.5%. And by 2020, it was 42.4%. I'm not sure what it is right now, but that was before COVID, and a lot of people, you know, they got jobs that were sedentary jobs during COVID, and they were at home, and so they had more access to just, like, eating a bunch of food from their pantry and stuff, and so I would, I would assume, I don't know 100%, so don't, like, quote me on this, but I would assume that as of right now, as of 2023, it's probably about 50%, like, at least 50%, the obesity rate, because it really did spike up after COVID and, and all that happened. So, yeah, I would... I mean, and then, of course, people, they are, like, losing weight and whatnot. That's also been more popular. Um, I mean, it's always been popular, but I feel like it really became popular because people did gain weight from COVID, so they want to lose it now. Um, but I would say it's probably about 50%. So about half the country, you know. Um, so, yeah, I would say high-fructose corn syrup... Uh, you know, that's just, it's a sweetener, it's empty calories, no nutritional value. Like, it literally adds nothing except for good good taste, I guess. Um, and so, 
consuming too much high fructose corn syrup, it not only leads to weight gain, but it leads to insulin resistance, and then this can cause type 2 diabetes, and that's sugar and high fructose corn syrup. Um, and I highly encourage, if you're not sure how to read like the back of a label, um, please read out to me. I will send you a um, source that will kind of explain to you, like, okay, this is you know, what it means, this is what to look out for, this is what to, like, the good and bad, and how to read a label, so you can contact me, um, if you go to my website, measmentorship.com, you can contact me with, through email or text, and I would love to send that to you, um, oh, yeah, yeah, what I was saying about that is, you'd be surprised if you look at the back of labels, how, many things we eat that we think are healthy or even that we think are just like, you know, not unhealthy, but not healthy, like in between foods, how much of it has a bunch of sugar, a bunch of bad oils, a bunch of high fructose, high fructose corn syrup. You'd be surprised. When I started like actually looking at what I'm eating and reading the ingredients, I like literally cut out like 70, 80% of what I was consuming. So I didn't realize how bad it was, really. You're not, they don't really teach you that in school, so. Um, the third thing, so talking about roles of your environment, the third role, I guess, would be the lack of physical activity now. So, okay, the, the chart that I sent, that I read to you earlier, that's obviously not only because of high fructose corn syrup, it's a combination of like technology, you know, people have more sedentary jobs now. Children, they don't spend as much time outdoors. They spend more time indoors on technology. Um, and again, the fast food restaurants, those really became popular around that time frame that I mentioned. And so it's like it's a combination of things, you know, just how our culture, I guess, is kind of shifted and whatnot like back then more people they were pretty active in their jobs and and whatnot and kids would play outside more so then they become like they're in those habits so then you stay active when you get older but now it's like when kids they're not playing outside all the time and and they don't really play sports outside of school and they're inside and whatnot it's like they develop those habits at a young age when they get older they have no desire to go and you know continue to they don't have a desire to exercise versus a child who would always be in sports and exercise and play outside. They're familiar with that and they like doing that. And so then when they get older, they want to keep that up. That's when they start going to the gym or being in sports or, you know, still being active. Um, and so, I mean, on that note, I don't have kids, but um, if you have kids, I would definitely encourage your kids to engage in those sports, outdoor play, and this will just help them maintain a healthy weight and develop lifelong healthy habits, really. Um, and then, yeah, back again on the physical activity, um, there's just a lot of sedentary jobs now, and so that leads to weight gain because people are less active. Number four is fast food, as I've already talked about. It's convenient, it's affordable, and it's a major con contributor to obesity because fast foods they're high in calories unhealthy fats they're sugar they lack essential nutrients that our bodies need to function so you feel like you need to eat more of it so for example let's say you go get a um 
I don't know. Let's say you got a Chick-fil-A or something. You get french fries and you get, like, the chicken nuggets or whatever. Yes, there's chicken. Um, but that's really the only nutritional, nu- like, uh, nutritionally valuable. How would I say that? The That's the only thing that's giving you nutrients to your body. And so you feel like you need to eat, like, okay, let's say instead of getting a six-piece, whatever, you feel like you need to get a 12-piece, which obviously that will come with a large fry instead of, like, a small fry, and there's more of, like, the fried bread around it and, and whatnot. And so it just, like, the little things like that. And then um, I already mentioned sedentary jobs. So I'm not going to talk about that again. I'm going to talk more on technology, so this is the last one. Technology, it's a double-edged sword. So it does provide helpful tools and resources so people can stay healthy, right? Like, I mean, obviously, I'm a health and wellness coach. My business is online. Like, that, you're listening to me online. I do my one-on-one coaching online. And so it's like technology is great in that sense, but it, it can also lead to a decrease in physical activity because you have an increase in screen time. You get what I'm saying? And so this leads to obesity, health problems, and even, like, poor posture. Like, it, there's little things you don't think about, too. And, you know, it strains your eyes and just, yeah, I'm, okay. Um, some social factors that can contribute to obesity. This would be the influence that you've had from friends and family. So... If you grew up with friends and family that had unhealthy habits, then it can be difficult for you to develop those habits. And if you do, like, want to make those choices when you get older, then it can be harder for you to stick to those healthy choices, right? Um, Because it's like you're kind of doing it alone, you know? And plus, let's say, even things like your friends want to go out, but they want to go somewhere where there's, like, no healthy eating options for you. Right, or they want to go and they just want to like sit down and blah blah blah, but it's like you would rather go and like take a walk with them, you know, to you know, begin some just movement throughout the day, and so that is definitely a it's not only a challenge for someone who wants to lose weight, but um, I don't know where I was going with that sentence, so, anyways. Um, on the other hand of that, having a supportive social network, this can make it easier to stay on track and make healthy choices. So that's why I recommend, uh, if you can, you know, finding uh, some people or I'm sure you know someone and you helping them keep you accountable. Um, another factor is just how a person grew up, which I already talked about. You know, if there was an, a lot of emphasis on unhealthy foods or were physical priority activity wasn't a priority, then this makes it harder to make healthy choices as adults. And then onto that, like even just a lack of knowledge about nutrition and exercise, this can make it difficult to make healthy choices because it's like you don't know what to do. And then you look on the internet and there's all this conflicting information. You don't know what to do. Like they try to make it harder than it is. You know what I mean? And so this is where education and awareness can make a big difference. So that's why I do what I do, essentially, is because I want to help those people. Um, I 
Okay, so next I'm going to address the risks of obesity. Again, I'm not trying to say this to scare you. I'm just trying to say this to make you aware, right? So maybe you'll be more mindful. Um, so as for short term, it can cause health problems like risk of in- injury during physical activity. Again, don't use that as an excuse not to work out, okay? It's like a lot of people do that. They're like, oh, well, when I work out, it hurts, or I can't really do these things. It's okay to start slow, start small. As you do that, you will lose weight. Your muscles will get stronger. Your joints will get stronger. It'll be easier to do it over time. You just have to be patient and consistent. Um, another thing is joint pain and discomfort, which kind of goes with the other one. Um, you have decreased mobility and flexibility. Poor sleep quality and fatigue are also possible, which can make other issues worse. Um, and then there's... This isn't for everyone. And the other ones aren't for everyone, too. These are just possibilities. But an increase in mental health issues. Long-term risks would be heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, uh, sometimes the cancer, osteoarthritis, which is, like, joint issues, sleep problems, digestive issues, and then carrying too much weight can put stress on your body's organs and systems, and so this can obviously cause internal issues, which can shorten one's life. And so that's why it's important to address it early. Um... Again, I've, I feel like another challenge people have is, like, when they start to gain weight, they're like, oh, well, I've already gained weight, so I'm just gonna, like, do whatever I want now. But it's more important for you to look at your health and your body and your quality of life. And if you stay on this track, what's it gonna look like in five years, in ten years? Or... You can address it early to try to get to a healthy weight by eating well, exercising regularly, um, and then this will help lower your risk of chronic diseases and improve quality of life. Prevention is the best cure. That's what I got to say. Like, if you take nothing else from this podcast, prevention is the best cure. Take that. Get tattooed on you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um... Yeah, okay, so I also want to talk about how it can be prevented and treated, which I've already emphasized, um, but I just want to address it directly real quick. So, by eating healthy, working out regularly, setting realistic goals for weight loss and maintenance. So, it can be easy to look, like, far into the future, right? Like, oh, for me to be at a healthy weight, I need to lose, like, 100 pounds. That's a lot. Like, that that sounds like a lot, and it is, and it's going to take hard work. It's going to take consistency and patience. Sorry, if you heard that, I was moving in my chair. Um, so, setting realistic goals. Don't look so long-term, look short-term. Look, okay, the next step for me is to just eat healthy, is to go to the gym, like, four times a week this week, or to exercise four times a week this week. It doesn't have to be a gym, just exercise four times a week. Right? And so you're just looking like at a week by week basis or at a day by day basis. Okay? If you think long term, it can discourage you and then you think you can obtain that goal. But if you look at like, okay, what I can do now is I cannot eat this and I can eat this instead. 
Or I can, instead of, like, watching TV for two hours, I can go and I can take a walk or something like that. And so it's things like that where you need to set realistic goals and, of course, keep, like, have that long-term goal. Obviously, like, that's your why is because of that long-term goal. But don't just focus on that. Focus on the short-term goals that you set for yourself, like daily, weekly, monthly goals. Um, be mindful of your food intake. You don't need to, like, track every single thing you eat. You don't need to track how much protein, how much carbs, how much fat, every single calorie you eat. You don't need to track that. Just be mindful of what you're eating. Um, you'll kind of learn. So, I would, I would say, if you're not familiar with calories and how much calories, like, how many, many calories certain foods have, then do track for, like, maybe a month just to kind of see how many calories food has. But once you already know that, then you just have to be mindful of what you're eating, how much of it you're eating. Um, and then I would say find activities that you enjoy to stay active. If you don't like the gym, that's fine. You can walk, you can swim, you can join a sport, whatever. You don't have to do weights. Um, another way it can be uh, prevented is by prioritizing your sleep and managing your stress. Stress does a lot more to your body than you think it does. Stay hydrated. Um, yeah. Okay. Don't want to talk about this. Nah. So I'm reading to you from, because I like to do extended research on topics, right? And so I'm kind of like using that right now as a template of what I'm saying. It's what I always do. And I, I did do research on, like, the economic implications of obesity, but I feel like y'all would find that boring, so I'm not going to talk about that. So I'm going to go ahead and end the episode. Thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. If you have any comments or... Okay, so there is a and a If you, like, click on this episode, you should see it, like, around the description and whatnot. There's a Q&A. Please, um, you know, if you have any questions and anything, but... The main question I want you to answer is what issues or struggles do you deal with? And then if you have any other questions, drop that as well. But I want to know that so I know what kind of topics would be most beneficial for me to talk about for y'all. Because the point of this podcast isn't just for me to hear myself talking. The point of this podcast is because I want to give y'all a free resource of information, right, to help you with your goals and to maintain a healthy lifestyle and to guide you so tell me and you can be as specific as you want you can just say a general thing you can tell me a little bit about you but I do want to address those things um so yeah please drop that and then again if you want to find my socials or contact me or book an appointment with me if you're interested in working with me then head to my website measmentorship.com and you can find all that thank you for listening and have a blessed day